Why are we here and where are we going? That's the question before us last Sunday and today as we discover or perhaps rediscover the purpose of the church and our lives together. Now the truth is that churches are in fact driven by a variety of things. Some are driven by tradition. Some by personality. Others by finances or programs or buildings or events or even what we call seekers. So why are we here and where are we going as Springville Church of the Nazarene? What drives us as a church? Well, I pray that it is our desire to be a church that's driven by purpose. God's immutable and eternal purpose. Proverbs 19 and verse 21 tells us, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. You see, it is the Lord's purpose that must prevail. God's purpose for His church must be our number one priority. A strong, healthy church is one that is driven by God's purpose. And if you were to ask me, why are we here and where are we going? My reply is that we are, to, we are here to fulfill God's purpose. And we're going wherever He leads us as a congregation. And therefore, in these two lessons, discovering God's purpose for the church, we're doing our best to answer these five questions. Why does the church need a clearly defined purpose? What is God's purpose for the church as it's revealed in the Bible? How can we apply this purpose? Keeping balance at Springville Naz. Where should we apply this purpose at Springville Naz? And who is affected by this purpose? Now by way of review, last Sunday we answered the first two of these questions beginning with why does the church need a clearly defined purpose? Let's read Proverbs 29 and verse 18 out loud together. Read this with me. When there is no clear directive word from God, the people get out of control. <laughs> you probably have learned it. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Literally, what it's talking about there is when, when God has not spoken, when there's no clear word from the Lord, regarding purpose, then everybody just tends to do their own thing. They all go their own direction and it's chaos. But in fact, God has spoken and given us a clear purpose. That's what we're talking about. Paul posed this question, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 8, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? I mean, if... In the Bible days when they called the troops to the front line and the battle was to begin and to be engaged, the trumpeter would, would sound a certain note and, and the soldiers would hear that note and they would know, okay, it's time to you know, grab your armor and go. But in this particular picture, I mean, if, if there's no clear call to battle, if there's no, you know, the trumpeter's off playing his own tune and we don't hear that, there's no distinct call to battle, we're in trouble. And the truth is we are 
in a spiritual battle. That's why it's so absolutely necessary for the call to battle to be clear and concise. The battle plan, the strategy, must be clearly defined. Now last Sunday, we discussed how knowing and understanding God's purpose for His church builds morale and reduces frustration and allows concentration and attracts cooperation and assists evaluation and ultimately how it honors God. And then we address the second question. What is God's purpose for the church as it's revealed in the Bible? You see, God's purpose for His church is no secret. This is not a mystery. The purpose of the church has been clearly outlined in the New Testament from the very beginning of the church. It is demonstrated throughout the book of Acts and taught again and again and again throughout the epistles. In fact, Jesus Himself spoke of the church's purpose even before the church began. He laid the foundation. He answered the question, why are we here in His teaching? And I believe that there are two key Scripture passages, the Great Commandment in Matthew 22 and the Great Commission in Matthew 28 that summarize, in essence, everything the Bible says about why we're here, about our purpose as individuals and as a church. First, there's the great commandment in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, Jesus said. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, all of Scripture, all of God's truth hangs on these two commandments. And then second, there's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And from these two well-known Scripture passages, God's purpose for His church is clearly outlined and simply it is fivefold in nature. First, Jesus says, love the Lord your God, which is the purpose of worship. We are in everything we do and say and think 24-7 to give honor and glory to God. We're to love Him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. Worship. And then Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, which is the purpose of ministry. We're to be engaged in loving our neighbor. We're to be the servant that Jesus Himself was, watching people's feet, being the servant in ministering to them. Then in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go and make disciples, which is, of course, the purpose of evangelism. We're to go outside these walls and we're to take the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are lost baptizing them, which is the purpose of fellowship or community. When we come into a relationship with Christ, we come into a relationship with every other believer in the church. And it's about connecting with them. It's about community, koinonia, fellowship, and then teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, Jesus said, which is the purpose of discipleship. We are engaged in the long Lifelong process of helping people become the disciples growing in Christ that Jesus wants them to be. Now, I think it's important that Springville Church of the Nazarene is driven by this fivefold purpose that we are pursuing worship, ministry, evangelism, fellowship, and discipleship 
in balance. We need to focus on all five of these purposes, if you will, with equal measure and energy and strength. Now, if you weren't here last Sunday, I would encourage you to get a copy of the CD of that first message because you kind of need to hear that for this morning to make the whole thing make sense. And so on your bulletin flap there at the very bottom, you can simply request a copy of that sermon. And we'll get that to you next Sunday when you come. But with that review then, let's move on to our third question. How can we apply this purpose keeping balance here at Springville Naz? Well, I want you to understand it's not enough to merely define our purpose as a church or even for us to communicate it as we're trying to do in these two Sundays. There must also be a strategy to implement it, a structure to nurture it and support it. In other words, the entire church must be organized, if you will, around God's fivefold purpose. And so to ensure balance here at Springville Church of the Nazarene, we need to be organized, I believe, around two very simple concepts. The first one is what we call the circles of commitment. The circles of commitment. I put them there in your notes. They're up here on the screen as well. As we're pursuing God's purpose together, we need to be aware of these five circles of commitment, the different commitment levels of people, so that we know which of these five purposes applies to wherever that person may be. Let me explain. The the broadest circle, you'll notice, is the community, the largest circle. Now that would be, in our case, the pool of lost people who live within reasonable driving distance of our church facilities. Did you know that there are now 2,879 people who live within the 93265 zip code? 934 of which live within the city limits of Springville itself. And the most recent survey, I know this because I was a part of it, of all of the churches in our area indicate that there are less than 500 of these people, only about 16%, that are in church, any church, on any given weekend. Now obviously, the purpose that applies to that broad circle of the community is evangelism. At least 84% of the people living in our community do not know Jesus Christ as the forgiver and leader of their lives. And the question is, what are we, Springville Church of the Nazarene, actively and intentionally doing to take the good news to these lost people? Now the next circle in, you'll notice, is the crowd. It represents the attendees who pass through our doors during the course of the year. To my best estimate, there's about 110 people, different people, who came through our doors for something, a worship service or a special event during this past year. Now the focus here is upon worship. What I call, by the way, guest-friendly Worship. Maybe that's a strange term to you. Let me explain what I mean by that. When you have somebody over for dinner for the first time to your house, don't you tend to clean the house? (laughs) Don't you tend to put out your better dishes? Don't you tend to put up a good meal so that you can make them feel welcome? Well, that's the very thing that we're trying to do here on Sunday mornings. Because most people, their first contact with 
Springville Church of the Nazarene is coming through this door on a Sunday morning. Does that make sense? And so we're rolling out the red carpet, if you will. We're, we're putting together a worship service that I hope is quality enough that we're putting out the best that we can give for the Lord. Because we want people to come in here and we want them to feel comfortable and we want them to be able to have a God moment. You understand what I mean by that? An encounter with God. Our goal on Sunday morning is everyone, believer and unbeliever, would at some moment during our church service connect with God. Because when that happens, lives change. Right? Now the next circle in, you'll notice, is the congregation. The congregation is those who officially commit to partnership or membership at Springville Naz. It's about 25 of us right now in that group. And the focus here is on fellowship, community, being a church that people call home, a place to belong, a place to connect with other Christ followers. Then the next circle in is the committed. Represents those partners or members who commit to getting serious about spiritual growth. And the focus here, of course, is on discipleship. People who are involved in a small group. People who are tithing faithfully. People who are spending time alone with God each and every day in His Word and in prayer. And generally are taking advantage of any and all opportunities to relentlessly pursue maturity or Christ-likeness. Discipleship. And then finally, you'll see in the middle there, the core. The inner circle is the people who commit to serving and leading here at Springville Naz. Now, of course, the purpose here is ministry. Serving according to one's shape, we call it, S-H-A-P-E, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. You've heard about that in the past. You'll hear more about that in the near future. But these five circles of commitment help to keep us balanced as a church as we seek to move people. See what we're trying to do? We're trying to move people inward from the community to the crowd to the congregation to the committed and ultimately to the core. Now I guess I should stop right here for just a minute and I should ask the question, in which circle do you find yourself this morning? Which circle most accurately describes your commitment level today? And what do you need then to do to move inward? What steps do you need to take to move inward toward the core in your process of being what God wants you to be? Think about that. Well, I move on to the second concept that keeps us on target and balanced, which is what I call the life development process. I put it in your notes. It's up here a little harder to read maybe because it's small. But you'll recognize, what is it? It's a baseball diamond, isn't it? America's pastime. We kind of all, even if we don't like the game of baseball and we don't watch it or follow it, we still kind of understand it, don't we? I mean, the whole idea is to get on base and move around the bases to get home, isn't it? To score a run. Well, that's exactly what we're trying to do. As we're pursuing God's purpose together, you can actually chart your progress. We can chart our progress as a church according to this life development process. A person gets to first base as he or she makes a commitment to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's the process of knowing Christ or evangelism. A person gets to second base as he or she makes a commitment to Springville Naz as his or her church home. That's the process of connecting in Christ or fellowship. 
A person gets to third base as he or she makes a commitment to seriously pursue spiritual maturity. That's the process of growing in Christ or discipleship. A person gets to home plate as he or she makes a commitment to serving God and others according to his or her shape. That's the process of serving Christ or ministry. And all of this, as you can see, comes from the heart, the core of the baseball diamond. It springs forth from the all-encompassing commitment to honoring and glorifying God individually and congregationally, and that's the purpose of worshiping Christ. Worship. That's kind of how it all fits together. It's one of those things you've got to kind of look at and study a little more. So that's why I gave it to you in your notes, because I want you to think about that. And of course, our goal at Springville Naz is to move people around the bases. I mean... As we pursue God's fivefold purpose of evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and worship, as in baseball, we don't want to leave any runners stranded out on base. We want everyone to score. We want everyone to come home. That's what it's all about. Now, just a little quick side note here. At the beginning of 2016, you'll be hearing a little more about this baseball diamond and these purposes. I'm putting together right now four what I'm going to call growth track classes. Growing to know the Master, which is about evangelism. Growing to understand membership, which is about fellowship. Growing to develop maturity, which is about discipleship. And growing to serve in ministry, which is, of course, about ministry. And, and I don't know exactly how all of this is going to unfold, but let me just kind of give you an example of what I think might happen here. I think probably in January... We're going to invite everybody to come together on a Sunday evening and we'll feed you a nice meal. And then we're going to hold this first class, Growing to Know the Master, about what does it mean to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how does that happen? And you might be sitting there thinking, well, I know all about that. I'm already a believer. I'm already a Christ follower. You still need to be there. (laughs) Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to... I'm going to talk to you about your covenant relationship with God. You ever heard about that before? We're going to talk about our relationship from a covenant viewpoint, which is a little different than maybe you've ever heard before. And I would guarantee that if you come to that class, you spend an hour and a half or so with us and eat some good dinner with us that night, that you're going to learn more about your relationship with Jesus Christ than you ever have in that nutshell kind of a way. And so I'm excited about that as I'm putting that together. And then maybe in February we might do Growing to Understand Membership and talk about partnership and what does that mean and why is that important. And then in March we'll talk about, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly how again all that's going to unfold, but we're going to intentionally offer four of these classes, one addressing each of these purposes, in order for us to intentionally move ourselves around the bases. And when you get through with each of those classes, I'll give you a little certificate of participation, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll move on to what's next in our lives. We'll kind of just be listening for a little more about that. That is yet to come. The five circles of commitment, the life development process, these two concepts will help us to apply God's fivefold purpose in balance here at Springville Nass. Which leads us then to our fourth question, and that is where can we apply this purpose at Springville Nass? Now the simple answer, of course, is everywhere. (laughs) Each and everything we do as a church should be purpose-driven. It should be in line with and in support of this fivefold purpose that God has designed for His church. We should always be asking ourselves the question, why are we doing this? 
And how will this help us to be and to do what God has purposed us to be and to do as a church? We must apply God's purpose everywhere. But rather than just being general like that, let me share with you some specific examples of how this might work. For instance, we can integrate new partners, new members on purpose. We can talk up front, like I'm trying to do today, about the circles of commitment and how our goal as a church is to move people inward. We can talk about the life development process, how our goal is to move people around the bases. I want people to know if they come here to Springville Church of the Nazarene, this is where we're taking them. And I want them to know that up front so that they can say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Or we can preach and teach on purpose. I'm already working on next year's preaching schedule. And as I'm doing that, I am prayerfully considering, God, how can we make sure that we touch on all five of these? How can we make sure that I'm balanced in my preaching as I'm speaking to you on Sunday morning and leading this church forward? We've got to touch on all of these in balance. Same thing with our teaching, our Bible classes, or small groups. We're going to start some small groups in the coming year. And uh, in all of that, even these growth track classes that I just talked to you about, we're going to make sure we're preaching and teaching on purpose. We can budget on purpose. That's a new thought. But what if our budget actually just had five categories in it? And we were able to say, okay, how many dollars are we spending in each of these categories? (laughs) Is it balanced? Is it what it ought to be? We can calendar on purpose, making sure that we're giving a balanced emphasis throughout the year on each of these purposes. Thinking ahead, we can staff on purpose. Now you're probably going, what? I mean, here I am. I'm still part-time, you know? <laughs> I'm part-time, full-time. And, uh, <laughs> and we don't have any other staff, but if we continue to grow, we will. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if we had a pastor of worship and a pastor of ministry? and a pastor of evangelism, and a pastor of fellowship, and a pastor of ministry? Does that make sense? I mean, why not? (laughs) You know, why not? We can evaluate on purpose. In fact, we ought to be evaluating on purpose even now. This fivefold purpose is the criteria for evaluating our church's health. It's not numbers. It's not other factors. It's these five things. How are we doing in each of these five areas? Are we doing well? Is there one that needs a little more attention needs shoring up? We need to ask those hard questions. Now I could probably go on and on, but I think you get the idea. Where can we apply this fivefold purpose of Springfield Nass? In general, everywhere, but in specific, in each and every facet of who we are and what we do as a church. Which brings us to our final question, and that is who is affected by this purpose? And the simple answer, of course, is everyone. I mean, hopefully each and every person that we touch by our ministry of Springfield Naz will be affected by God's fivefold purpose. Write this down in your notes. A purpose-driven church hello, is composed of a purpose-driven people. That makes sense. Well, of course, because the church is the people, right? So a purpose-driven church is composed of purpose-driven people. If each and every one of us would be committed to pursuing God's fivefold purpose individually rather than answering like they did on the video a little while ago, oh, I just want to be happy, or I'm just kind of doing my own thing, or you know, I'm just living day to day. No, 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 no. Don't live a purposeless life. If each of us was committed individually to pursuing God's purpose, the result would be that congregationally we would also be pursuing God's purpose. Does that make sense? 
Here's the bottom line. As everyone individually and congregationally is affected by our pursuit of this God-given purpose, our ultimate goal, what we're aiming to be and do as a church, is described, I believe, by the Apostle Paul. Now earlier I had you turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. You probably thought I was never going to get there. (laughs) But here we are. Colossians 1, I want you to follow along in your Bible as I read verses 28 and 29. Paul writes, We proclaim Him, that is Jesus, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all His energy, which so powerfully works in me. So to what end did Paul labor? What was his ultimate goal and therefore our ultimate goal? So that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Now don't be tripped up by that word perfect. I believe the latest revision to the NIV, in fact I think the Pew Bible reflects this, translates this word fully mature. This, this Greek word in fact can be translated perfect, mature, complete, I actually like the word finished best. To be finished. A finished product. Simply put, as we pursue God's fivefold purpose for the church together, it's our ultimate goal to see each and every person become perfect, mature, complete, or finished in Christ. We want them to be and do what Christ is and does. We desire them to be Christ-like. And so what then does a Christ-like, perfect, mature, complete, finished person look like? Well, I drew a little diagram there. (laughs) In a nutshell, he or she is growing and developing in each of these five areas of our purpose. So first, he or she is worshiping Christ. Symbolized, by the way, up here at the head because Scripture talks about how we lift our heads to our King. Okay? Everything we do and say and think is to be an act of worship 24-7. And so the first question to ask yourself is, as I'm trying to become this perfect, mature, complete, finished person in Christ, as I'm trying to become Christ-like, am I growing as a worshiper of Christ? Secondly, he or she is serving Christ. Now notice I put that by the right hand because that's usually our strong hand for most of us. I'm left-handed, so it's a little different with me. But I understand most of us are right-handed. And so I'm talking here now about ministry according to our shape. S-H-A-P-E. And again, we'll be elaborating on that more in the future. But it's all about serving Christ or ministry. And the question again, if I'm to be this perfect, mature, complete finished person in Christ, that means I am growing in this area of ministry. I'm making progress in becoming more of a servant, like Jesus was a servant. Third, he or she is connecting in Christ, symbolized by the left arm or the left hand. Now notice this. Look up here for a minute. When the right hand and the left hand are working together, what do you end up with? A hug. (laughs) Oh, isn't that cute? (laughs) But maybe it will help you remember that it's all about connecting with people in Christ. 
It's all about fellowship. It's about koinonia. It's about community. About a place to belong. And a person who's perfect, mature, complete, finished in Christ is somebody who's connecting with other believers, intentionally looking for ways to draw closer to others who are also walking that same pathway in Christ. Fourth, he or she is growing in Christ, symbolized by the feet, since God's Word, by the way, is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, right? And we're to be walking in the precepts and the principles and the truths of God's Word. It's about maturity. It's about discipleship. And then finally, fifth, he or she is sharing Christ, symbolized by the feet also, because the Scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Right? And so our feet are to do some walking. We're to get outside these walls and we're to take the good news to others. And so a person who is perfect, you know, complete, mature, finished in Christ, Christ-like, is somebody who's growing in learning how to share their faith with other people. Folks, this is what a mature perfect, complete, finished person in Christ looks like. And as we pursue God's fivefold purpose for His church together, this is our ultimate goal for each and every person. This is how you, this is how I am affected by this purpose. And so, I want to ask you this morning a couple of questions about this model of being Christ-like. The first question is, how are you progressing in each of these five areas of your life? This is an evaluation tool, isn't it? You can look at this and you can say, okay, how am I becoming more and more of a worshiper? Am I serving more and more in my life? Am I being drawn into fellowship? Am I, you know, how am I doing in each of these areas? Am I growing? Nobody's perfect in these, only Jesus was. But we're growing more and more to become like Him. The second question I want to ask you is, will you partner with us here at Springville Church of the Nazarene to affect as many people as possible as we pursue this purpose together? Are you on board? Will you join us? Will you partner with us in this endeavor? Why are we here and where are we going? Last Sunday and this morning, I tried to paint a clear and concise picture of our overall purpose as a church. Now, last Sunday, we concluded the first part of this two-part lesson by looking at one of my life verses together in Acts 13 and verse 36. And I'd like to conclude the second part of this lesson in the same way. So would you read Acts 13 and verse 36 out loud with me as we close? Let's read this. When David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he died. (laughs) Again, you might think that's a really strange life verse. (laughs) But I think it's a wonderful epitaph for our lives. I mean, I would love to have this said about me at my memorial service. When Mark had served God's purpose in his own generation, he died. (laughs) Because that's what life's all about. From the moment that we're born until the day that we die, we are to serve God's purpose. I mean, that's what it ought to be about. But as we close today, I want to call your attention to two parts of this verse. The first part we've talked a lot about, and that's the phrase, served God's purpose. Again, that's what life's all about. That's what the church is all about. Serving God's fivefold purpose of worship, ministry, evangelism, fellowship, and discipleship together. But second, I don't want you to miss this, okay? Don't check out on me right now. It says that He did that in His own generation. Did you notice that? 
don't miss that. David served God's purpose, which is unchanging and eternal, in his own generation, which is changing and current. He served in a timely way. He was both orthodox and contemporary. He was biblical and relevant. And my prayer is that we too will serve God's purpose in the context of our current generation and culture. We too must be contemporary in our method while we remain uncompromising to our message. Because the method must change. But the message never changes. I close with these words from Charles Wesley penned in 1762. A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never-dying soul to save and fit it for the sky, to serve the present age, my calling to fulfill, oh may it all my powers engage to do my Master's will.